So hi everybody, Dimity here uh, with the Train Like a Mother Club. So happy to be joined by Coach Stephanie to my right today. How you doing, Stephanie? Hello, I'm good. You're good? Yeah, did you just come off of a work? You look like you just washed your hair. I did, I did. You I did. actually came four hours ago, but I just had a moment to take a shower, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that works, I know how that works. Well, and it takes a while to dry out there, right? And Bend, isn't, isn't it kind of oh. wet? Yeah, and it's it's snowing right now. It's really cold. It oh. we had a really dry December, and now it's winter. So now it's winter. Yeah, we're kind of getting that here in Colorado too. Are you running on the trails in the winter time, or what? Do you, what? Like, I tell do. me what you do. Yeah, you I do. actually okay. I don't like. I've never confession really run on a treadmill for a workout. Um, yeah. I just put on traction on my shoes and go outside. Yeah, it, even if it's like deep, like six inches or so, you just go. Yeah, you love it my run a little bit and it's it's fun it always makes me in a better mood good well and what about do you use snowshoes in the winter time or no i don't um i nordic ski so snowshoeing to me is like taking a step backwards it's like yeah. i can't slide um but i use katula um uh, nano spikes and they oh. work they're like a studded tire for your feet <laughs> yeah totally totally that's great hey can i ask you to describe a pair of, do you have a pair of headphones um like yeah do you you Let see them? Just, let's just make sure we get the best sound we can. Yeah. So here, I, I snowshoe, <laughs> in case you're wondering. And uh, I like to Nordic ski. It's just hard here in Denver to get, um, you feel like you should have the mountains right at your footsteps, but you don't because uh, it's just everything is a drive. So um, if I lived in Bend, I would Nordic ski more. All right. Okay. Thank you. you. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's much okay. better. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, so um, so we have a small but mighty group starting out so far in our 28 train ultra plan. Um, we have, I was just looking at our race list right now. We've got um, people racing in Virginia, in Vermont, in Alberta, Alberta. I don't know how to say it the right way. <laughs> Put my Minnesota spin on it. The Rockies, the Alberta Rockies. Um, that's the Sinister 7 Ultra. Have you ever heard of that before? I have. It's, I haven't done it, but it's on my list and maybe someday. Is it, is it, is it, you, from what you know of it, is it um, aptly aimed? Uh, aptly yeah. named? Yeah, it's, named. Uh, it's gnarly. Yeah. It's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a couple people who haven't put theirs in yet, which is totally fine. Um, got the Mohonk Rock the Ridge in the Hudson Valley. And then I know we've got a couple people heading, or at least one person heading to Superior right now to do the, do the 50 miler. Um, Kristen. Kristen, I know, <laughs> yeah, right? I just talked to Kristen, so I know oh, this. Did you? Oh, yeah. okay. So, um, so with that in mind, I mean, I, I pulled up some questions on Facebook that you guys asked, which is great. And then I have one um, also via email. So we'll start with the email one from Meredith, who is doing her first 50K um, right now. And she, she was kind of funny. She's like, I don't really know what to ask. She says, runs are feeling good. I feel strong, no injuries. And the miles are taking care of themselves. Um, I only get on the trail once a week, unfortunately. But with work requirements, I can't change that. Um, can you talk a little bit before we get into the next part of her email about um, running on trails right now, knowing that, so she's right now, she's our first racer. So she has a, a April 15th race date in Virginia. So is it okay once a week? Is there any point where we should try to maybe see if she can get to twice or is once going to work? Yeah, I mean, ideally, you you prepare on the surface that you're going to race on, um, but it you know it, it's important for the key long runs. So on the weekends to get on trails, if if at all possible, that's where you're going to get the most time on your feet and prepare your body for um, the race 
um, trail. So, you know, if that's what works best for your schedule and you're going to have more quality runs by running from your doorstep or running on pavement, um, you know, that, that works fine. I would just say for the key long runs, make sure that you are getting on trails so that you feel comfortable. Um, and if possible, when you're running on the roads, try to do some, um, not just flat roads, but incorporate some hills in there if you can, just so your, your quads get used to um, more of the downhills, which will be, you know, something that happens on trails. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, is there, um, I mean, when you go, and I know obviously we've got a pretty experienced group here that that is familiar with trail running, but I just I think it's important sometimes just to lay out the difference between the road and the trail and your paces and um, why strength is so important. I mean, can you talk a little bit first of all just about your paces? And I mean, obviously there's a big range whether you're climbing, descending, you know, on a technical trail or not. But your pace is going to slow no matter what on the trail, pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the, the the most frequent questions I get is you know the crossing over from roads to trails and pace really just becomes not as important because you okay. are running so much slower. Um, so I just don't even think about pace really. I think about my perceived effort, you okay, know, keeping it as a, 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 an easy effort um, and then worry about time on feet, not necessarily miles, because if you run six miles on the road, that can be pretty quick. But if you run six miles on the trail, that can be like an hour and a half sometimes. So you sure. just got to keep in mind that the trail is going to slow you down. Um, and that's fine. Sure, sure. And then I, I know we're going to talk, we are, uh, you don't know this yet, but we are going to talk a little bit about strength training a little bit later. But I mean, it's it's non-negotiable. I mean, it's, I feel like it should be non-negotiable for every plan, but I know that, you know, obviously life can get in the way and you like to do the thing you like to do the most, which is running. Um, but, but strength on the trails is so important, especially because of your ligaments and tendons and all those potential ankle sprains and that kind of thing, right? Right. You're, you're not just like running in a smooth motion on the trails. You're always yeah. like changing cadence, um, jumping over things, you know, using your stabilizers um, to stay, stay on your feet. So it's really important to have your body um, be strong in a way where it can support you running on uneven surface. It doesn't mean you have to get big and bulk up and, you know, look like your bodybuilder, yeah. but you want to be, you want to be strong so that your body can get through the race and stay healthy. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so then the second part of um, Meredith's question. So um, she's starting to get more focus on actual race day. Um, reading the course map, is that something that she should think about now um, or taking a look at it and kind of seeing where the climbs are in relation to the distance? If there's like a big climb at mile, say 20 or a big descent or something, or if the course is gradually up, like. What, how, how looking at the course map now, a couple months out, what, what benefit does that have? Um, it's helpful for your training just to know what you're getting yourself into. So if you're on a flatter course, you'll spend more of your time running trails that are flatter. If you've got like a lot of ups and downs, then you'll want to find a trail or a hill you can, you can practice on. So I think it, it's good to know what you're getting yourself into. Don't obsess over it. You know, don't, you don't have to memorize every single part of the course, but kind of have an idea going in, like there's going to be five huge hills. Sure. Um, and so your training can mimic that. Totally. Well, and I think something that's hard and it, it continues to be hard for, for me um, is like knowing like, what does a 500 foot climb feel like versus, and I, and then you have to look at grade too. Right. But like, right. how long does that take versus how long is a hundred foot climb? And I mean, going back and looking through your runs, I feel like is the most helpful to see like, oh, okay, that, that hill was approximately, say, 300 feet or something like that. And then you have a sense of like, okay, if I have a 
2000 foot climb. Like that's going to take a really long time kind of thing. Right. Right. And it, it's super helpful too, because I think it, it's a confidence builder when you realize, when you look back at your run, you realize, oh my gosh, I've, you know, I've climbed that before I got sure. through it. I think it's yeah. really helpful to know getting into a race that, yeah, I got this. I did this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just think it's good to have that sense. And, and if, even if, I mean, there are some, some um, races where you're just not going to be able to duplicate the, the altitude right. or the elevation right before you get there. And that's probably why they chose that course. But um, so it's not like, you know, if you have a, a thousand foot climb, you know, you might not be able to do that in training, but if you can get to like 600 feet or maybe do that twice, or, mm -hmm. you know, just have some comp, like, like you said, just get some confidence around how you feel. And if you get through 600 feet and you feel strong, then a thousand, you know, might not be that bad. Right. 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 And at least you have a gauge of what that yeah. means. Then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's where I would start with, is there anything else, you know, as she's looking at her race map right now, is there anything else? Um, again, her race is in um, mid-April. So she's got some time. Is there anything else that you would um, spend some time with or no? I mean, I think just having a general idea. It sounds like she's she's looking at the right things um, sure. and just knowing, you know, how much climbing is in, is in there and, um, you know, kind of adjusting your training routes to to fit that. Okay, so, um, and she's also trying to determine what she needs to carry with her um, mm -hmm. when she has time between aid stations or shorter distances in the drop bag, et cetera. So, I mean, obviously, and we'll say this a thousand times when we talk and on the Facebook page, but what you do on race day, you need to practice, 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 right? So yeah. whatever she's carrying with her now in her longer runs is, is typically going to go with her for that 50K. So what it... What do you have in your pack, Stephanie, <laughs> on a training run versus race yeah, day? Yeah, and on a training run, um, well, first of all, the things that I always have, if it's a training run or a race day, is enough food, enough yeah. fuel. I usually have an emergency gel, like an extra one, that I'll, I'll make sure just in case. Um, I always have sodium um, to take and um, enough water to get me through. So that's like every time I have that. Now, okay. the other things that I carry in training are extra clothes, <laughs> sure. um, like, a, like a jacket or a buff. Um, and if I'm going out for a really long run um, and potentially in the mountains, I'll have um, a couple couple things, um, a lighter um, sure. and a space blanket. <laughs> yeah. Now, these are kind of getting like, you know, this is just worst case scenario, right? But um, always have those things. You know, if you get hurt and you have to spend some time out in the trail for a while, it's nice to be comfortable. Um, yes. And so those things can really, they're not going to bulk up your pack at all, um, but they can be really handy. So those things I carry on a training run, not necessary on a race usually because, you know, there's people going by and, um, sure. You're not going to need a space blanket, probably. No, you um, may not, but it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would carry a with on um, during the race or in a drop bag, have options for warmer clothes. Um, you never know what the weather will do. And I, I think it, it always pays off to pack a drop bag. Don't make it like huge, you know, but just like <laughs> a compact little drop bag just to have stuff that you might not touch, but at least it's there in case you need it. Sure. I'm moving in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So she, yeah, Meredith did a, a 25K in December where she didn't feel well. Um, she struggled with energy at the end due to low calorie intake, and she doesn't want to make that mistake again. She says, My longest run and training plan has been 16 miles so far. So it's been easy to throw in a couple tailwind packets in my vest and head out. Mm -hmm. um, but she's doing her longest training run in two weeks and wants to try to mimic her nutrition as best as possible, especially because she has an autoimmune um, syndrome that attacks her digestive tract. 
So if there's anything that my gut is going to reject, I want to find that out during a training run, not a race day. So say her longest run is going to be, let's just say 20, 20, between 20 and 20, 22 to 24 miles. What, what should she do um, nutrition wise to kind of make sure that she uh, gets, gets some good practice in? Yeah, so I would try um, some other fuel sources besides just the sports drink. Um, okay. Because sports drink, it, I think it's a great start, but it can be tough to get enough volume down to get enough calories. Is so, Tailwind just, is, is, excuse me for one second, is Tailwind just, just hydration? It's not, they don't make uh, packets or anything? They don't, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So I would try some gels and blocks. Um, okay. And Start getting on a schedule of fueling every 20 to 30 minutes. I think if you like set your watch um, and practice that, your body will, will, will get used to it for one. And two, it's much, it's not as easy to run out of energy. Um, yeah. I guess that's a double negative. It's easy to be energized <laughs> when you're feeling more frequently. So just focus on, on um, breaking up your run and making sure that you're taking in calories you know, multiple times an hour rather than, you know, one big, you know, bolus um, at the end sure. of an hour. I think that really helps. But yeah, use your training run to really dial it in. Um, and I think, you know, the sports drink is is good, but I wouldn't rely just on that, um, especially in, you know, this time of year, it's a little cooler. So you don't need as much liquid. So if you're sure. just trying to fuel with liquids, you might not get quite enough calories. Sure. You might, because you, you don't have that thirsty mechanism exactly. going, right? Yeah. Right, and you don't need that much water um, if yeah. you're not wetting as sure. Totally, um, and I should say right now, um, I mean, there, these other questions, there are some nutrition ones thrown in there and we'll definitely hit them. But um, for the um, group last year, Stephanie went through and did a whole webinar on um, like real food eating, and then we also did one on race day eating, didn't we, Steph? Yep, yep, yeah. we did yeah. too. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to share that with you guys. I'll also turn it into a podcast because I know that um, listening on the go is super important with you guys, and we have a handout for the real food stuff. So that's going to come your way. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put that together probably, what's today, Thursday? If I don't do it tomorrow, I'll do it early next week. So just know that um, you know we're definitely going to answer your questions in a very like uh, now, but we can, you also have a deep dive coming. Um, yeah, it, it go, I think it goes through all of it pretty, pretty in depth. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Okay, so here's a question about, um, about training. Um, Addie's asking, uh, my plan won't start until sometime in April. I have a few shorter races until then, a 15K and a 25K, and maybe a few others if I can make it work. And she wants to know, what do you recommend uh, in between plans and waiting for the uh, official plan to start? Like. Should she race, you know, get her yayas out? Should she strength train? Should she, what, what, what do you do? Um, I mean, I don't, it's kind of tough. It's a little bit individual. I wouldn't over race. Um, I okay. think when you're about to start a long training plan for a big goal race, you know, you don't want to go into it tired. So sure. I would make sure you have a little bit of a base, um, you know, kind of just follow a normal, like, Get a couple runs in, easy runs during the week, do a little strength training, and then a longer run on the weekend. But um, I prefer to be in myself a little bit unstructured so that when I get into the beginning of the training plan, I'm like excited to start. Um, so yeah. don't, you know, just make sure you're not burning yourself out um, before it actually starts. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and that's, it's so easy to do it, especially these plans are 24 weeks. Like yeah, that is a long time. That is six months of training of, and, and granted, yeah. they are very, um, gentles you know they're not these are not uh i love how you wrote them i i don't want to call them um they ease you into it 
Yeah. What that we ease you into it. Yeah, they're very user friendly. It's not like we're gonna we're not trying to thrash you. We're trying to help you right. thrive the trail. But but at the same time, six months of having an, a structure of what you're gonna do every single day is um, a very long time. So just mm -hmm. um, take that into mind before you start your plan. I mean, like you said, I just think it's it's smart to obviously go race if you want to hit the trails once a week. I think is is good yep. because then you're gonna keep up your proprioception and that kind of thing. But but don't put pressure on yourself. And if you go race. You know that 25k Addy, and it turns out that you have a bad day, or you know you're just really disappointed in your time, or whatever it is. That's okay. Like, don't. You know, this isn't what we. You, you haven't trained for it. You know. Right, so I just exactly. I think it's important. Take That's the other thing. Time. Yeah, yeah. So just go have a good time. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So a couple um, questions about for just you personally, and and you can also um, you know extrapolate if you want, but. Kat is wondering about what you do for um, during a race for nutrition. What do you uh, fuel with and do you take electrolytes? You kind of already mentioned you had salt, but tell us, tell us what you yeah. do in a, in a race. Um, I do, you know, kind of exactly what I recommend um, you guys do is I, I primarily rely on gels. Um, and I do two, usually about two gels an hour, um, sometimes three, depending on the duration of the race. And I just stick on a schedule and stay there. Um, Obviously, even with the best laid plans, things can come up and you have yeah. to shift on the fly. So, sure. I, I mean, I, I definitely change my plan based on that. So that might mean um, fueling with soda at the end of a race or taking in blocks or taking in something salty like potatoes. But I try to do mostly um, very simple sugars because that's the easiest to digest um, and I want the energy quick. So um, I'm pretty good about um, just getting the gels down. And then sure, I sure. usually do water um, for my hydration. Sometimes I'll do a little bit of sports drink. Um, I like like the Cliff hydration drink because it's lighter. Okay. That's just my preference. Sure. And then I'm, I'm big on the electrolytes um, in the form of salt taps. Um, for me, I'm a salty sweater. They're really important. I get nauseous if I get behind on salt. So I, I definitely am taking one of those an hour. And you are front loading, right? So like half an hour into the race, you are taking a gel, right? Is yep. that is that correct? Mm -hmm. That so is correct. So you're not waiting right. until you feel like you're, exactly. you know, at X miles in or two hours in or whatever. You're. That, and I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. no yeah. I just um, it's fresh in my mind. I just did a race this last weekend, and I I feel like I nailed the fueling. Um, yeah. And it, it, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But this one was just like, oh, that was great. Um, yeah. And I, I started within the first 15 minutes, honestly, really? of the race. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. take it? Um, do you take one at the starting line at all, or no? I do sometimes. It depends on okay. when I have breakfast. Um, okay. At this one, I, I did. I didn't take a gel. I had a couple blocks. Okay. Um, but yeah, I kind of like that just to get me ready to go. Yeah, get you get you in race mode. Um, yeah. And so, what what race did you do? Where uh, people um, wanted? It was called Formidable Fifty K. Okay, and where was it? Where was it? It was um, down in Auburn, so partly on the Western States course, um, but okay. it, it's called Formidable because there's four big hills. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. How did how did it go? Obviously, you fueled well. You have a good race yeah. overall. Yeah, it it was great. I felt good the whole day. I finished and um, was happy. So good. it was a really good, good. race. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so do you eat real food at all on the course? Chris, Kirsten's asking. I mean, you know, if you pass an aid station, are you like, no, if you're feeling good, I've got my gels or do you mm -hmm. snag a potato chip or something? Um, I don't 
use much real food. Um, I will use the aid stations as a supplement to what I'm already doing. So if I come through and I'm, you know, something looks good to me, that's usually a sign, physiological sign that you need something. So I will grab potato chips sometimes or a handful of M&Ms. But um, to me, that's not figured into my like fueling plan. That's just like, oh, this is a little bit extra. So you know, some real food is fine, but keep in mind that it has a little bit of fiber in it usually, and it does require some digestion. Um, so you kind of have to find that sweet spot of not getting foods that are going to just sit in your stomach. Um, so I think a little bit can be okay, but I wouldn't rely just on real food. Okay. And just because this comes up a ton, um, Mm -hmm. some people just can't handle gels. Like either it's the consistency in their mouth or the way that it works on their stomach or whatever. They just Mm -hmm. don't like them. So, I mean, and then are you looking at, like you've already mentioned, like flocks or gummies or something like that? I I would say, um, first thing I would honestly try is switching brands um, because sometimes the flavor profile of a different brand can can taste all right um, or can taste better than another. So I I would try to, normally if you get used to gels, no one loves them, yeah, but yeah, exactly. you know, you can, you can learn to, to use them. But if it's just like a no go, then I would, I, do, I would do blocks um, or okay. gummies. I mean, that's going to be very, very similar. Okay. You can tolerate them. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Kat asks uh, how much, I love this question. Cause I know what you're going to say. And I love, I agree hundred percent. How much rest do you take between events and what kind of recovery do you do? So you just raced this past weekend. So mm-hmm. what did you do? Um, was that, a, was the race on a Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. Okay. So yeah. tell us what you've done. It's, it's now Thursday. So we're coming up on like four or five days. So kind of talk us through how you recovered for the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Kind yeah. Of. It's a, I mean, every race is a little different. I am sure. a huge fan of, of resting um, yes. post race. That's not the time to push yourself. You just did push yourself. So um, this week I, so I took Sunday off. I took Monday off. I cross country skied on yesterday maybe um and then everything is just easy like for me um like 75 percent of my normal easy run or recovery run um so it it just like super slow just getting out there and moving the body i think you know the the more the more experienced you are the less recovery time sometimes but i wouldn't skimp on it i think it's so important to have time to come down between races and for your mind as well um i think you know you when you're used to just like going 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 and pushing you kind of need your mind to have a break too so absolutely yeah Um, well and so do you have a kind of a rule of thumb i mean granted i know i know again like you're a little bit of a different special snowflake as far as um your 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 racing schedule (laughs) but i mean everybody of course they are but i mean you know 50k you know that's Mm -hmm. What that's 31 miles of racing. I mean, do you have like a little formula you use, like a, an easy day for every mile yeah. or, well, or anything like that? Me, um, a 50k isn't a huge stressor on my body. Um, yeah. I mean, I and I, I don't want to that sounds weird to say. Um, no, no, but, no, but, but for, you've been running for a long time and you yeah. are you have a lot higher weekly mileage than um, any of us, right? Right, my body's used to the used to it, so um. Oh, I mean, I have a week of like just re- focus on recovery. Um, and then depending on where I am in the season, it's really early. So I'm still building. Um, yeah. I can get back into easy training next week. Um, okay. After a 50 mile, it's longer. And after a 100 miler, it can be like six weeks. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah that's great. 
Well, and so, um, I mean, ideally, like when you make your race schedule and um, you can talk about your situation and then also the athletes that you coach, including these women, um, mm -hmm. you know, how much time like to get that mental break and to make sure that your body has enough time to mend itself? Are you looking between races? Like Addie says, you know, I have friends who are doing 50Ks at least once a once a month, it looks fun, but ouch. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that's sustainable for very long for, yeah. for anybody. Um, I, I mean, I usually when I plan my schedule, I pick a couple races that are my A races. Usually okay. it's only two or three. And um, I make sure that there's plenty of time to come down and build back up between them. So this could be like a a spring summer and then a fall um and then from there i'll schedule in like races to build so the 50k i just did is a stepping stone for a 50 mile which is stepping stone for a 100 mile that's my goal race so sure. i kind of think of it like that but when i when i um, work with people on picking races you know i i encourage them to not to not have you know have at least six weeks between them <laughs> i mean yeah, it's sure. you know it's i think it's really important to to keep that you know have some time um and not over race because it's because otherwise you're never you're never training you're never running and doing i think training is the fun part you know you're sure. always just preparing for a race and then recovering well and the, and the other thing too because we do have a lot of um first time ultra runners in our group I mean, so, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to do a 50K, you know, say in June, and that's going to be my stepping stone for a 50 miler. Um, what are your thoughts on right. something like that? Um, I think take your time moving up in distance. I yeah. think, you know, it, that's, that's like the most common thing I hear is like, I'm going to do my first 50K and then I've got a hundred miler in the fall. Like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah. it, it can happen, but normally sure. the longevity of that, um, that, season or that sport basically is yeah. um short yeah yeah um so give your give yourself time and you know the good the cool thing about ultra running is it can be a really like you can race like till basically your whole life i mean yeah. i you know you, you don't there's no like age limit and the older you get sometimes the the better you get at races so take your time and and you know, enjoy it um, rather than just force it all in in one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need the smarter you get for sure. Yes. Um, okay, so Kat's asking, what are some of the favorite races that you have done? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, every race is a little different. I, my yeah. favorite, uh, I've two, well, yeah, probably two favorites are Western State and UTMB, just because okay. they, they mean a lot to me and they challenge sure. me. Yeah. What about yeah. Um, like a shorter, a, four, a 50, what's a, if you had to, tomorrow you had to raise your favorite 50K, what would it be? Oh man. Probably the one I just did, honestly, yeah. formidable. Um, it was, I, I, sometimes 50Ks are too flat and fast for me. So this one yeah. was nice because it was um, very hilly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like, you know, generally I like races that are, they're well organized, but low key. Um, yeah. I, I don't love the ones where it's like the big stage. Um, every once in a while I do, but I, I love the little local races. I think they're awesome. When they stand at the starting line, they go, ready, set, go. And you pretty much go. Yes, yes. <laughs> they cross the finish line and they're like, here's a beer. They don't have like, yeah. you know, all of these formal word ceremonies. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and so then since we did a 50K and a 100 miler and a longer than 100 miler, what about a 50 miler? You know, my favorite 50 miler is Lake Sonoma. Um, okay. 
And because it's it's actually a very competitive race, but it feels low key because he keeps it pretty small and it's okay. in wine country. So it's kind of like one of those where you show up at the start and it's like, okay, everyone go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, that's awesome. Have some, have some wine afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then if you're comfortable, can you kind of just tell us what your 2018 looks like? Just like, and, and knowing that everything can change in, in a, on a dime. Yeah. Um, right now it, and we'll see, there already might be some changes, but um, oh, okay. I just raced last weekend. So that was yeah. my first race. Yay. Um, I'm doing a 50 miler in Peru in a couple weeks. Um, just kind of for, it's a North Face event. So it's huh. more um, on that side of things than like, huh a race I'm gunning for, uh, Lake Sonoma in April, Western okay. States in June, and then UTMB in August. So wow. you got a good yeah. year. Lando. I know. I know. It's, fun, it's fun to follow along. And obviously, yeah. uh, you know, when things, if something happens, we won't hold you to it, but it's just fun yeah. to hear. Um, and do you have goals for this year that you, you feel comfortable sharing? Um, my, I mean, yes. I, I mean, after getting surgery a couple of years ago, I think my whole, how I think about races has been reframed. So I always want to be healthy and happy. That's number one goal. Um, this year I would like to get back to feeling good racing and, um, racing at the front. Last yeah. year was a little tough for me. Um, I think I've, I've overcome a lot of those things and it's, it's looking better so far. Um, so I don't really have tangible goals in terms of like placing because I can only control me, but I want to be able to get on every start line and execute what I know how to do and run hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I mean, I know we, we talk about this a lot, but I just, I mean, I love that perspective coming from you as somebody who is, kind of a top person in the sport where it's not necessarily about the time on the clock or the placing. Right. It's about, did I do the best that I could on that day? And I know you yeah. had a couple, a couple, you know, tough races last year where your stomach just was like not on board. And, yeah. um, and the, and the way that you could come back and talk about, I mean, obviously it's disappointing. Like there's no, there's no way around that, but at the same time, you're very, um, you know, you have a good perspective about it. I, I really appreciate that. No, so, um, yeah, I mean the stomach stuff. I mean that's going to come up no matter what. It does. Um, even even if you don't get sick or have it like stop your race, you're going to feel nauseous at some point, really, aren't you? In an ultra, you are. Yeah, and yeah. even it's it's funny to me because like that's what I I do nutrition. I give people nutrition advice. I'm like, really, you're having yeah. nutrition problems. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it happens, and you sometimes can't predict it. And the only thing you can do is learn how to troubleshoot and just not give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you didn't give up. That's that I is the one thing. Up. You are like, yeah. you fought and fought stubborn. and fought. <laughs> yeah, stubborn. Be stubborn. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Here's another one from Cat. Kind of fun. How did it feel kicking all the boys' tushes oh. and placing first overall at a highly highly competitive golden ticket race, the Bandera 100K? Total badass woman right there. Cat's <laughs> Cat's yeah. up. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. for a number of reasons. One, it was one of my first races back, um, after surgery and, um, I just nailed it. So it, you know, I actually didn't know I was in the lead because it was, um, two 50 K loops. So oh. I was passing people, um, that were still in their first loop, um, when I was coming in. So I didn't know I had passed the lead mail, <laughs> oh, but, so cool. um, yeah, it was awesome. It felt really good. And I mean, the, the placing was, was good, but more so I just felt good. I had a good fueling day. I was smiling. Um, and those things kind of stick out to me more than the place itself. But um, I really wanted that golden ticket. So Good. Nice <laughs> yeah. work. 
Okay, um, Kristen, and um, I know you just talked to her during office hours, but she says, I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around running twice as far as I've ever run before. Mentally preparing myself to do this is going to be one of my biggest hurdles. So she obviously hasn't started her training because she's the one doing a 50 miler yeah. in Superior, but that's, that is huge. So, I mean, is what work can somebody do now to go the longest they've ever gone, double their distance? You know, that's what do you, yeah. Yeah. Well, talk about I, will that. Say, <laughs> I will say that is, that is, you, that is for everyone, you know, everyone, when they step on the start line for a 50 mile, their first time, it's, it's, you know, this huge undertaking. And I think those feelings are normal. I mean, you never do a training run that's 50 miles before a 50 miler. So I think that's really normal. Um, so know that, know that you're not alone. And those feelings are completely normal. Um, but also use it as, instead of thinking of it as like anxious, like nervousness, use it as like nervous energy to, to get you excited about it. So instead of like, you know, you can reframe your mind, start working on that. Like think of those thoughts when you get butterflies, start thinking, associating them with excitement rather than like anxiety. And I think that gets you kind of in the right frame of mind and then know that, and this is what I told Kristen, we've got a lot of things to set you up for success. So we have a training plan that's going to get your body ready. We're going to go through nutrition with you. We're going to talk about the psychological aspect. We're going to talk about, you know, other things that come up, um, pre-race fueling, strength training. So you're going to be like five steps ahead of someone who doesn't do these things. Yeah. So know that you're going to be on that start line as best prepared as you can be. And then you just go, you know, every time. Yeah. You yeah. started a long race. It's like, ugh, this is terrifying. I even I say that like the other day on my fifty cam, like, oh my gosh, that's this is go. really far right now, but yeah, yeah. it just happens. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. And Kristen was in this group. I mean, the, the thing about it is, is people who who followed the plan, you know, and and most people did to the to the best of their ability. Um, but you know, really dug into the strength training, dug into the self care, the nutrition. Um, that I talked about earlier, the foam rolling, sleep, you know, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, this is a, it's a little bit of a second job. I mean, this is, this is a, a six months of really making sure that you um, are giving yourself all the tools so that when you do start in that starting line, you feel as confident as you can, knowing that yep. those butterflies are going to be there. But, um, you know, I think that sometimes, uh, I mean, the, the word ultra, I think just d demands respect. So I think the people, um, kind of come in knowing that they're going to, you know, have to give up maybe wine with their girlfriends on a Friday night or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I love that it's such a comprehensive program and that you are such a, um, expert in nutrition and, um, and then you've been there and you, and you, you know, any scenario that, that, that these guys have, that you, you ladies are going to come across either in training and racing, chances are Stephanie's been there and has either a solution or a sympathetic shoulder, you know, one of the two. So that's great. Um, okay. Kristen's saying, um, I'm still having trouble making anything other than running into my life. Um, saying to myself, you must make this a priority as a work. So I'm thinking that she's talking about the strength circuits. Oh, that's okay. the first thing that comes to mind. So can you tell us how you do your strength and, and any recommendations you have for athletes who tend to just, um, their time gets eaten up, understandably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think you make it a priority. I would skip a recovery run and do strength um, because okay. I think it, you know, it it is so important for the trails. Um, or just think like, okay, I don't have an hour to do it, but I have 15 minutes. So yeah. some is better than none. Um, you know, and you, if you look at your day, I do this frequently. Look at the time how much time you spend doing activity, like different activities. And normally you can cut something out and whether it be like your TV time or you're surfing the internet time, it doesn't have to be every day. But if you can take that 15 or 30 minutes and just 
bust out the strength training, you know, that's yeah. going to be so much better for you. And, you know, if you're, if you're really constricted for time, do it at home. You can do yeah. body weight exercises. Um, just be consistent with it. Um, I think, you know, if you need to set an alarm on your phone to like go off, like do your strength. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, I yeah. And if you need, um, you know, recommendations for stuff at home, just tag um, Stephanie or I, I, I mean, I've been doing that because I finally got to the point with injury that was so bad that I was finally like committed. My, finally is a priority. And so if I set my phone for 20 minutes and just do strength, I mean, I, I yeah. you know, I mix it up or whatever, but it's not, it's not a huge commitment. You know, sometimes I'm just doing it in my jeans and a t-shirt, you know, because yeah. it's, yeah. it's exactly. like, you know, there, you just have to, um, streamline it into your life. So, I mean, and, 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 you know, we can say all this and until, you know, something, there's a lightning bolt that hits you and I hope it's not injury, but maybe it's, you know, your friend who had a transformation through strength or something like that. But there's nothing better than feeling strong on the trail at like 25 when everybody else is fading, right? At like mile 25, oh everyone else is like, oh, I don't know about that last climb. And you're like, that last okay. climb, I got it, you know, <laughs> like, and, and that's going to be, that's not going to come from running. That's going to come from strength and, and the combination, of course, of your running. But, you know, I think people underestimate how much their muscular power, especially in trail running, is so important. Yeah, and and another just kind of beyond that too is strength training so empowering. Um, I think for women in general, it's something yes. that I'm a really big fan of. I mean, it feels good to feel strong, and you like a running workout, you break your body down, you kind of finish you're like so tired. Whereas a strength training workout, it's it's stimulating. It you know, builds things up. So you usually finish feeling pretty good. So yeah. you can look forward to those endorphins and. Yeah. Um, make a playlist of five songs yeah, <laughs> and just like bust it out. That's like one totally. of my favorite ways to do it. Like, okay, I'm just yeah. going to move until this playlist is over. Yeah. No, that's to you know what that I do, Stephanie is I, so I'll do one song is core. One song is like yeah. one legged stuff. One song is like, but you know, like just, you know, like again, if you want some recommendations for stuff, I mean, you know, obviously the strength circuits that Stephanie put together are awesome, but because sometimes it can't be done. Getting to the gym is a pain sometimes. So, um, maybe, so. maybe I should make a Spotify playlist. Oh, I think so. And share it. You I, know, I'm, yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> if I can get something together. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to see if we have any questions here. I mean, what, um, is there anything that, uh, you know, as these guys are kind of rolling out, I mean, is there anything that you want them thinking of during their training? I mean, again, we kind of talked about Meredith and she's our first off the line so far, but mm -hmm. just as you start to train, I mean, pacing or, um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about yeah. pacing just a little bit. Well, okay. Yeah. I have other things, but let, uh, talking okay. about pacing first. So um, do you mean in terms of like the, the workouts or yeah, the workouts, definitely the long and, and the long runs for sure. Um, I mean, okay. I know last year we had some people who were like, Oh my gosh, I'm out on my trail and I'm doing 17 minute miles. And that was yeah. hard for yeah. them mentally. Um, but they were also out there for two or three hours. Right. Right. So like I said, the trails are going to be slower. So don't worry about your pace. Um, you know, a 21 minute mile on trails is sometimes realistic and sometimes that's hard. So yeah. think more about time on your feet. And that's why we have the time range. And then also when there is minimum mileage, we put that on there as well. So kind of think of like using both of them and really just don't don't worry about pace because it's easy to be like, wow, I could run nine minute miles on the roads and now I'm running like 12 minute miles. Sure. It's okay. It doesn't matter. 
Um, you know, it's, it's the time on your feet. So if you can go off effort, um, so a couple of ways to assess that you can use a heart rate monitor. Um, if you don't know your zones, um, that can be kind of tricky. So my favorite way is just to check in with myself and be like, how do you feel right now? And if you can say a full sentence, that means that you're pacing correctly. If you can only say a couple words without having to take a breath, that means you're running a little too hard. Um, so just do that check-in and, you know, you can rate it um, a scale one to 10 or I like colors. So I do like red, <laughs> yellow, yeah. green, yeah, um, like that works better for me. So like, how, how does this intensity feel? Is this, is this a green or is this like red? Like I'm really pushing it. Um, sure. So just be honest. And that's the best way to, to pace your runs. And if they have a long climb in, in a training run, I mean, are they wanting to stay in the yellow green or I mean is it okay to go to red knowing that the recovery is coming on the other side like yeah it's look- okay to push it a little bit on hills okay. um, yeah it's it's normal on trails to have your heart rate kind of do this a little bit whereas on the road it's more stable um yeah. so you know don't don't red line but it's okay to get your heart rate up and get your breathing rate up and then recover on the other side for sure sure, sure. and it's okay um, to walk <laughs> yeah on, absolutely on yeah, yeah. I mean, hiking is um, very much encouraged, right? I mean, some of the it newsletters is. talk about climbing, and often you can be more efficient um, hiking up a hill than trying to, yep. you know, tiptoe up it, right? I just did this. Exp- I mean, I yes, I I and I say this, and I know this, but I just um, ran up this really steep hill in um, out at Smith Rock, and I okay. it's always a hill I hike, and I looked at my time, compared my time, and it was my seventh fastest time and all the other times faster I walked <laughs> wow right there so, that's, yeah so sometimes it's faster and, it, and it's easier on your body usually totally yeah, don't be afraid of totally. it um, um go one ahead. other thing go. well I was just thinking about um like getting into your training plan and like thinking about you know how to how to balance all of this one thing that I think is important is to know that this is not set in stone and it's not like you have to hit it perfectly to the minute to the mile I think just think of getting a B uh, on the training plan like you know let it be a little bit more um, relaxed and do the best you can if you have a really stressful day and it's like you're just going to force out this run you're better off skipping it and not trying to make it up you can't it's not like a bank account where you can put it in later or put it in earlier to make up for it just let it go and move on to the next day so you know, it, training is a science, but also an art. And I think when you're able to combine the two of them and like really be intuitive, you know, I'm not saying just skip workouts because you want to watch TV, but yeah. if you're, yeah. if most runners are type A, so if you're feeling a little bit run down and like, it's tough to get out the door, that might be a sign. Um, and actually this is, uh, like this happened to me earlier this week. Um, I was going to run, I think on Tuesday and I put on my running clothes and was just taking me some time to get out the door. And I decided to go take a nap in my running clothes and I never made it out. And I was like, you know what, if this is a sign, like I'm just, and yeah, you're better off listening to those, those. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, again, that Facebook page is so great for um, just affirmation, right? Because I think sometimes like you, we can, we, uh, as a, as a pop, as a gender, we women can be really hard on ourselves and and feel like we failed if you miss a workout or you miss this or you miss that. And if you post it, everyone else is going to chime in and first of all, you know, confirm that you made the right choice and probably say that they missed it too. And um, yeah, I mean, I love that 80%. We always say um, around AMR, like good enough. You don't have to be great. You have to be good enough. Right. And I love that 
um, sentiment that it's not, you don't have to nail it every time. You just have to get the minimum done, you know, and, and on, on days where you just need to do, do what's right for each day. Um, and you yeah. said it much more eloquently, but um, here's a question that I forgot. I was at the top of this sheet. I didn't okay. see it, but it was um, actually from Katie who has run a couple ultras already. Um, she wanted tips for avoiding or dealing with an upset stomach towards the end of the race. She didn't have that issue on her first 50 miler, but she's got a, it's a fairly common issue. I feel like that race went about as well as it could have for me. Um, and then, um, so, so yeah, I mean, is there anything you just keep up that, that gel, you know, even when you yeah. just, just suck it down? <laughs> well, a lot of times um, GI distress later in a race comes from getting behind on fueling and okay. then you try to put something into your stomach and it just does not sit there. So the first thing I would try is to make sure you're getting enough and make sure it's on a consistent schedule. So that's number one, um, and practice this in training. And then number two is it could be sodium related. So oftentimes okay. when you get nauseous or sloshy stomach, um, sometimes if you take um, a salt tap, that can help. It just helps draw everything across your stomach um, so it's not sitting there. So that's, that's another culprit. And then um, getting behind on um, hydration as well. So it's a lot of times when, and I do this, when I look back, I'm like, wow, there's where I made my mistake. And then it just, the longer the race, you know, the more it becomes more. amplified. Sure. Um, so I, I think, you know, it, I wouldn't say just force things down if you're not feeling good, but try to be proactive about it and prevent it from happening later. I like that. That's great. Um, and then this is a good question because I think she's talking about, she had, she had a hard time eating anything after her race. Oh, she yeah. just didn't want food. Um, she didn't feel sick, but she didn't feel hungry and forcing mm -hmm. food in did make me feel start, start feeling sick. And I think that happens after races. I think it also can happen pretty easily after long training runs. Um, yeah. So there, what, what, what are some things that uh, you turn to if that happens to you or, or your athletes? So, um, and just to reiterate the last point too, I used to get super sick after races and when I fuel correctly, I don't uh, really, <laughs> it's wow. amazing. It's amazing. So usually if you are getting those, those feelings it it usually has to do with what happened during the race. So, but if you do get into that situation, I like to sip on something after a race, um, to just start reintroducing calories. Oftentimes it's like chicken broth or like soup because salty mm -hmm. sounds good. Um, it could be a little bit of sports drink. Um, you know, whatever sounds palatable, I would just like do little sips. Um, sometimes a little bit of solid sounds good, like a banana or, um, a piece of bread, um, with some jam, but just nothing like really heavy or a lot at once right into your stomach. Um, but I think if you don't, eat anything, that problem is only going to get worse. Sure, um, I have sure. found. <laughs> I yeah. have a funny story that I don't know how. Um, oh, well, oh, now sure. that I brought it up, I think I'll share it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Western States was my first 100. And when I ran that, I fueled well until about mile 80. And then I was just falling apart. So I did Sprite the whole rest of the way. And I got it down. I finished and it was, it was good. But um, at the finish line, I didn't realized that like they didn't have food there really oh, um and it was yeah it was like by the time I like got myself together and we went home to the hotel it was like 1 a.m and I hadn't had any food yet and I was so tired and just didn't know what was going on so I tried to go to bed and just got so sick like woke up and I thought I was gonna die and I was in the bathroom like screaming <laughs> hugging the toilet <laughs> saying I'm gonna die and um 
my husband is like, are you serious? I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, he uh, we got some chips or something. But now I have someone that, that's like the designated pizza person. And they get a pizza and they're at the finish line with that. And if I fuel even just a couple bites, I don't get sick. That's so. that's super interesting. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> No, that's really, especially because a lot of those don't, they don't have, you know, especially if you're going to be finishing, I mean, our crowd probably not, but in the middle of the night, you know, there's not going to be a big buffet waiting for you. And um, it's a good role or good, um, you know, uh, errand to give to someone who really wants to be helpful. Like, yes, yes. like, uh, my, like that, my mother-in-law, um, she just needs <laughs> a job. I'm like, you can be the pizza person. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and so, and, um, and uh, coming back from a, a long trail run, I mean, I know a lot of people probably need to drive to there, so they need to have mm -hmm. something in the car, right? Yep, That's, you're not waiting until you get home. Get something in 30 minutes after. Um, it's so easy to stock something in your car. It can be sports drink. Um, you can stop by Starbucks on the way home, get a latte, um, yes. just stash a bar in your car, but you need something within 30 minutes. It, it, I promise you'll feel the difference, and it'll just make life better. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as, as, as usual, not surprisingly, um, you have been a wealth of information. Is there anything else you want to say to our, our little tribe of ultra runners um, before they, uh, on this first webinar, as they head out kind of on their training, beginning of training? Uh -huh. I'm just really excited for everyone. Uh, you know, this is such a cool opportunity. So, you know, this is very few people get to do something like this so you know when it gets tough think about how 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 good it's going to feel to accomplish this goal so yeah just i'm i'm excited and um we'll be here to help you every step of the way absolutely well cool well thank you stephanie great job again on your race um and we look forward to uh connecting with you again um you do have a little bit of a busy travel schedule over the next couple the next couple of months or weeks, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the next six weeks, but I'll okay. have internet. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be checking in. Yeah. Yep, and we'll probably do another one of those when, when your travel, another one of these when your travel slows down. In the meantime, I will share the nutrition stuff. I'll share some webinars from last year. Great. You know, it's all um, it's all absolutely up for consumption. So take care. Right. Have a great afternoon, and, and um, thanks again for your time. All right, thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye, everyone.